Hawks know something that, you know, the people up here don't. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This is going to be our final podcast of the 2017 year. It will be a little different format than we usually have, where myself and Scott or myself and Dalbin will go back and forth on the previous game and preview the upcoming game. For this week, we're going to go through the questions that you guys sent over on Twitter, uh, do a mailbag edition, uh, and then next week, once we're in the offseason, we'll get back to our regular routine. Before we dive into what you guys sent over to discuss this week, I want to remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the New York Jets. If you are going out to New England for the finale, make sure to check out primesport.com slash turn on the Jets for away game packages, which they have for every single away game and will again for next season as well. They also have home game tailgates set up outside the Pepsi gate prior to kickoff. That's primesport.com slash turn on the Jets. Also give them a follow on Facebook and Twitter at primesport. Also, our podcast is now also brought to us by our friends at Razor Sport. That's R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com. Razor Sport, top-of-the-line betting consultants for all sports, particularly NFL and college football, now that we're heading into the most important time of the year in bowl sports uh, with bowl season upon us. Uh, we're in the swing of the NBA season, and, of course, the NFL playoffs are just around the corner. Uh, Razor Sport Club on Twitter is the handle. Make sure to follow them there as well. We'll occasionally retweet out uh, some of their picks of the week. They had the uh, Bucks Panthers under this week, which did hit. So make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at Razor Sport Club. Make sure to give them a follow online at www.razersport.com uh, for that go-to betting advice as we head into 2018 uh, January. Wildcard weekend, bowl season, NBA regular season, NHL regular season, everything that's going on. They have a great members section, so make sure to check them out at Razor Sport. All right, so we're going to go through about five or six questions here. We'll really briefly touch on the Jets' Week 16 loss to the Chargers, which was fairly uneventful. Uh, it was a 14-7 to game. Defensively, again, the Jets held their own, similar to what they did against the Saints. It's very tough to play defense when your offense is as inefficient uh, and inconsistent as the Jets' offense has been with Bryce Petty under center. And this, this really wasn't a change from what we saw last year. It wasn't a change from what we saw last week. Petty is simply overmatched as an NFL quarterback. He's inaccurate. He miss, misses far too many give-me throws that you know you need to hit at, with 100% consistency in the NFL. He misses the, the slant routes, the stop routes, even the checkdowns uh, he has trouble with. He just There's no consistency there, and the footwork isn't progressing. His pocket presence isn't progressing. He wasn't helped out as the Jets' offensive line was banged up, uh, but... He got a running game to support him. Blah Powell had a huge game and had the Jets' only only touchdown on a 57-yard run. Uh, finished with 145 total yards. You know, you know Powell, when he's given the opportunity, is going to be productive. But the Jets only put up seven points uh, and route to a loss that actually helped them move from the 10th pick to now the 7th pick in the NFL draft, uh, thanks to a strength of schedule tiebreaker with the 49ers, uh, thanks to the surprise win of the Bengals over the Lions, and thanks to the Bears handling business over the Browns. If the Jets do lose to New England, and New England does need that game to lock up the one 
one seed. The Jets could theoretically get as high as the fifth pick uh, if Tampa were to upset New Orleans, which is probably a long shot, and if Denver were to upset Kansas City, which might not be as much of a long shot as Kansas City's locked into the fourth seed and has nothing to play for, so they could end up resting their starters. It does sort of seem like that is inevitable that the Jets will end up back in that familiar sixth slot where they took Leonard Williams, where they took Jamal Adams, where they took Vernon Golston uh, a little further back. Uh, obviously, the Jets are familiar with that location in the draft, so it would you know, be funny to see them end up there yet again. Uh, they could still technically end up at seven. They could get at five. I, do bl- I don't think there's a scenario at this point where they could get to four. Obviously, if they beat New England, which is going to be near impossible with Petty under center, uh, they risk moving back four or five spots. So understandable if you're not too enthused about the Jets finding a way to get a victory uh, this week against the Patriots. And the Jets, again, we're not surprised that they started faster than most people expected and then sort of faded off because of how their schedule was built. This team started 3-2. and two. Uh, They're now 2-8 and eight, uh, over their last 10 games with their only two wins coming at home against Kansas City and Buffalo. The Jets wrapped the year 4-4 four and four at home. Pretty good considering their expectations coming into the year, but 1-7 looking likely on the road with their only win coming over Cleveland, who is headed towards 0-16. So hard to be... Um, competitive or anything but a 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 6 and 10 type team if you're going to go 1 and 7 on the road. Uh, and really the two losses that uh with really backbreakers if you had any dreams of the Jets contending in any way this year was losing to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tampa Bay on the road uh, and then losing to a really bad Denver team, 23 nothing on the road. Those two losses uh probably low points of this season uh, outside of maybe their week two loss uh, to the Raiders when they got blown out by a team who's proven themselves not to be very good at all, only at six and nine right now. Uh, so again, Jets look like they're heading towards five and 11, which would be the same record that they had last year. Um, probably going to end up picking in the same spot they picked last year as well with the sixth pick if Denver uh, could beat Kansas City's backups. And, you know, maybe we'll get a little more help and they'll find a way to get into the top five. But the Jets may need to be aggressive if they want to go get a quarterback or maybe depending on how the final draft order breaks and how how these guys are evaluated, maybe somebody that they're interested in does fall into their lap in that five to seven slot. All right, let's jump into your questions. First one uh, from Brian Fields at Brian Fields 24. Breakdown of an A plus off season, a B off season, and an off season where we can't follow this disgrace of the team. I would say an A plus off season means that the Jets found a way to fix their quarterback position and found a way to do something that gets people enthused about the overall direction of the team um, and where they're heading at. Uh, right now because it's just an area that has been dead for so long. And it's the hardest position to fix in football, but it's the most important position. So any A-plus offseason starts with an aggressive move to fix that problem. Now, personally, I prefer that they fix it in the NFL draft. Uh, I am a fan of Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. I think they're all viable first-round prospects. I think they're all worth a top-ten pick. The Jets got one of those four guys. I think that's something to be excited about and potentially build around. I understand the thought behind getting after uh, Kirk Cousins in free agency. We know the Jets have previously had interest in him. I'm a little wary of paying him $130, $140 million and sinking so much cap space into one player. That being said, if the Jets, for whatever reason, are not comfortable with their options in the draft, it's hard to slight them 
from going to get a guy who would probably be, be, you know, worst case, one of the 10 or 11 best starters and give them some stability at the position and give them more flexibility with what to do with their first round pick. Getting Cousins isn't my preferred choice. Uh, my preferred choice, to be fully honest, would be going to get Josh Rosen at the top of the draft. But if the Jets stayed put, I took Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't be complaining about that move. I think outside of that, the Jets have to find a way to improve their pass rush. They have to improve their premium position. So any A-plus offseason for me means they addressed the four most important positions in football, which is quarterback, pass rush, cover corner, and offensive tackle. So if they do that this offseason and then outside of that increase their overall depth and maybe add another playmaker to the offense – I think you could have a team that's competing for a playoff spot next year. So, you know, I don't know if that's drafting Baker Mayfield, signing Demarcus Lawrence, uh, signing Tremaine Johnson in free agency, uh, drafting a developmental tackle in the second round, and then also adding more depth uh, through free agency to the offensive line, and then maybe signing a guy like Jarvis Landry or Allen Robinson or somebody to give more juice to that offense overall. That's probably the rough outline of what an A-plus offseason looks like. A B offseason means that maybe they addressed two of the four premium positions or, or just one of the four, but very well. But if the Jets go out and they figure out quarterback, but they're coming back with, you know, sort of the weak cast of characters rushing the passer that they had last year, uh, you're not all the way to, you know, being an A-plus. Or maybe they, you know, fix corner and pass rusher, but, you know, don't do enough at quarterback. Um, it would be impossible to give them any type of a a grade unless that they unless they completely turn over that quarterback room. I personally don't think anybody who played quarterback for the team in 2018 in 2017 needs to be on the roster in 2018. I'd build that room from scratch. I would not be averse to them signing somebody in free agency and drafting one or even two players uh, if need be. An early round guy and then maybe a mid or late round flyer. You just gotta you have to find a way to bring more competition and talent to that room. And Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg are not NFL quarterbacks. Josh McCown's about to be 39, so you can't count on him for anything next year. Uh, an offseason where we can't follow this disgrace of a team, obviously a strong statement, but you know, my personal opinion, if the Jets, two years after uh, being fooled by an outlier Ryan Fitzpatrick season and then drafting, overdrafting Christian Hackenberg, go out and bring back Josh McCown and draft Josh Allen, which is roughly the same thing that they just did two years ago, which blew up in their face, it's going to be really hard to have any confidence in this regime uh, and what they're trying to build. And that would seem to be the fast track towards getting McCannon and Bulls out of here after 2018 with if that ends up being that how they think they're going to address quarterback, you know. So, you know, I think your your worst case offseason is you coming back next year and your quarterback room is Josh McCown, Christian Hackenberg, and Josh Allen. Uh, maybe you did not invest all that much in free agency. Maybe the Jets, you know, try to make some aggressive offers but strike out like they have in the past with guys like Tony Jefferson and Dante Hightower and Olivier Vernon. So maybe they miss out on that sort of top tier of free agencies and they end up having to overspend on mid and lower tier free agents just to, you know, hit the cap floor and use some of that $90 million in cap space that everybody's raving about. So, you know, that, that's sort of your worst case scenario, uh, a tone deaf, misguided approach to fixing quarterback and then missing multiple times in free agency and a continued investment uh, in not premium positions uh, at the top of the NFL draft. So, you know, obviously, quarterback is a premium position, but Josh Allen is probably going to be a substantial reach and has a ton of red flags, similar red flags to what Christian Hackenberg had a few years ago. So, you know, 
it's probably wrong to expect the worst and probably naive to expect the best. You're probably going to get somewhere in the middle. Uh, hopefully the Jets take strides where it matters the most, though, which is quarterback and pass rush. Next question uh, from Danny Wilson at Wilson DA10. Which of the likely free agents should the Jets go after this offseason? Uh, we get this question a lot, and the Jets do have a lot of flexibility in free agency. I think you start with taking care of your own. I think they'll bring Austin Safarian Jenkins back. I think they'll bring Coney Ely and Xavier Cooper back on all relatively low-cost deals. Those guys have at least shown they can be role players going forward uh, for this team. Also, you know, looking at the rest of their internal free agents, um, you know, they don't have anybody who really jumps off the page. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they also brought guys like Terrence Brooks back um, and a few other people uh, scattered throughout that roster to build up their overall depth. Um, externally, they need to improve the center position, and if they're not going to do that in the NFL draft, a guy like Ryan Jensen from the Baltimore Ravens uh, could be a potential guy for them to focus on. Externally, I think you could see them look at guys like Ryan Jensen of the Baltimore Ravens. Center is definitely a position that they need to have fixed. Um, Weston Richburg, a guy from the New York Giants, is another player at the center position who they could potentially go after. Um, at receiver, uh, there's a few big names out there. Sammy Watkins, uh, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, uh, Paul Richardson. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets made an addition at that position as well. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much money they're going to invest there, but I could see them trying to build up their overall depth and maybe getting somebody who uh, further rounds out that group of receivers. Um, Demarcus Lawrence is probably the headline pass rusher. Tremaine Johnson could end up being the headline cornerback. I think the Jets will be in the mix uh, at corner regardless. They have an interesting decision to make on what they want to do with Morris Claiborne. I'm not particularly crazy about the idea of bringing him back. I think he struggled a lot in the second half of the year. He's going to be 29 next season, and you know health is always a concern with him. It hasn't flared up too much this offseason, which means it's that much more likely it could flare up next offseason. So I'd be really hesitant uh, to invest that much money in him. And the Jets really need to build cornerback from scratch because Justin Burris isn't a starter. It's hard to count on Claiborne. Uh, Buster Screen has been hot and cold and is probably best served at just being a nickelback. So the Jets need to add two more bodies at that position, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were aggressive uh, at investing a cornerback in free agency uh, to go with what they need to do on the offensive line. They, they should be fairly aggressive. I don't know if they're going to be aggressive to the point that they were a few years ago uh, when they signed Revis and Cromartie uh, and Gilchrist and Screen, and you know they really uh, sort of blew it out of the water, but it, it might be a relative like approximation of that because Mike McCagnan, uh, I don't know if he gets more than a fourth year here, so it, it would be fair to expect him to kind of go down swinging, uh, particularly at major positions in need for this team, which remain cornerback and offensive line, and if the Jets are going to try to fix quarterback in free agency, um, obviously Kirk Hudson's is the biggest name out there. If not, some of the second-tier options could end up being Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor, uh, or players like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets approach the NFL draft with the quarterback position and how that factors into what they do uh, in free agency. Uh, next question from Alex Feederbush. How is it possible the Jets decided it was a good idea to not have the head coach report to the GM? Also discuss the risk-reward and payoff of starting over now versus making 2018 the make-or-break year for Bowles or Mack. Um, it's definitely a weird reporting structure uh, to not have 
the head coach report to the general manager. Uh, it leads to some conflicting goals. Obviously, Todd Bowles and his coaching staff are concerned about the short term, probably more than the front office would be. I do hope that eventually the Jets sort of end up with a more traditional reporting structure. Um, the risk-reward of waiting another year is, you know, if Bulls and Max sort of strike out again and remain below average, which they've been on the whole through three years, you know, you've wasted that much more time. And if you draft a quarterback this year and you fire Bulls and you fire McCadden, you're cleaning out the regime who selected him. You're cleaning out the regime who initially coached him up in his rookie year. And that's a difficult situation for a young quarterback to deal with. Uh, and there's a very good chance the Jets are going to use the sixth or seventh overall pick on a quarterback. So, you know, if they, if they theoretically, if the Jets fired them now, you could say, look, you know, this new regime's walking in um, with $90 million in cap space, eight picks, a top 10 pick. Uh, it's a desirable situation to walk into. They could pick their guy, a quarterback, and sort of build with him. At the same point, uh, you know, that means you fired a GM after two years and you fired a GM after three years. It's going to be hard to go out and get a really good candidate as you're going up against the Giants who are looking for a new general manager. Uh, when it comes to head coaches, there could be eight to nine to 10 to 11 openings out there. So who exactly are you going to hire? Uh, and are they going to be a substantial upgrade over Tom, Todd Bowles? And you can make a case that you could find someone who would be because Todd Bowles is going to be 20 and 28 through three years and has plenty of game management problems. So I think that both of these guys are going to be back. I think you can make a really fair case to fire them. I think you could also make a fair case that, look, they should get this fourth year. Uh, everyone knew this year was going to be a rebuild. We can't just be blowing everything up every two or three years. Let's give them this fourth year to see what they do with these resources. But it's it's a tough decision to make. I, I would not think it would be insane to fire both of them based on what we've seen and based on the Hackenberg decision and some of the other mistakes uh, that we've seen both of them make, but they're going to be back. So I think Jets fans should wrap their head around it and hope that they find a quarterback because quarterback is all that matters. Uh, quarterback can make a below average head coach, a below average general manager look like genius, geniuses. So if the Jets go get a quarterback next year that they can build around, uh, everything could change pretty quickly. And, you know, there is some good supporting parts on this roster uh, that can be built around and support the most important position in the sport if you make the right decision at quarterback. All right. Uh, Master Shake with Bruce Arians leaving Arizona. Is there any chance he could end up with the Jets? I think he's now the best head coach available this offseason. I, I don't think um, – I don't disagree with that. I think if Arians had hit the market, he would be the best option available. But I think if he is leaving Arizona, I think it's probably to step down – Altogether, I don't see him leaving Arizona specifically to come to the Jets. Um, he had a good situation there, had a good working relationship with the general manager who's had some success, uh, has a young, talented roster outside of the quarterback position. Um, it would be weird for him to leave Arizona's situation and then come to the New York media market, come move across the country at this stage of his career. I, I think we'll get a lot of questions about Arians, but I don't think that's a situation that's going to end up happening. I think it's more sort of wishful thinking, uh, and Jet fans shouldn't you know, expect that to be something that happens. Um, all right, last question from Mike OC1968. Where are you at with McCagnan? $100 million under the cap in the eighth pick with two number twos. Scale of one to 10, what's your confidence in him this offseason? I'd say my confidence is about a four or five. Uh, I'm less bullish on McCagnan than most people are. I think Bowles gets, it's been bad, but gets more blame than he should comparatively to McCagnan, who's been about the same as him, which is slightly below average. Uh, McCagnan had 
the money to do a big free agent splurge. He did it. He built a 10-6 and six team that wasn't good enough to make the playoffs and then doubled down on that strategy and that team and went 5-11, and 11, which was a mistake. Uh, he's been okay in the draft at best. Um, I think Leonard Williams has been good, not great with the six overall pick. I think Darren Lee has been disappointing for a first-round pick. I think Christian Hackenberg was a disaster. I think when he tried to get Bryce Petty, that has obviously not turned out well. I think the entire 2015 draft class was ugly. I think 2016 was a a step in the right direction because Jordan Jenkins, Brandon Schell looked like contributors, and he got Robbie Anderson as an undrafted free agent, which was obviously a really nice move. So you had some progress from from 2015 to 2016. 2017 is really too early to evaluate. I think Marcus May obviously looks like a great value pick. I think Adams looks like he's going to be the safety here for the next 10 years. The rest of the class the jury is still out on but overall I put it out about five it's all about finding the quarterback and hopefully McCadden learns from his evaluation mistakes that led him to picking Hackenberg and Petty and does the right thing and, and finds a way to properly address this position all right one more question all right from William Hennessy if Rosen and Darnold won't go to Cleveland how much would you offer to go up to number one in the draft look I don't think the gap is that big between Rosen and Darnold but if the Jets are, you know, sort of in the headspace that Rosen and Donald are clearly the top two guys in this draft, they're the only real franchise guys there, it's not an insane line of thinking. And if those are the guys, it would be hard to not – you go get them. You, you pay whatever the cost is. And uh, it would be a lot. You know, you have to swap first-round picks. You're starting by giving up your first next year at another high mid-round pick, maybe a second, and maybe more on top of that. But if it answers quarterback and it fixes quarterback – doesn't matter. I don't think the Eagles regret what they traded for Carson Wentz. I don't think the Rams regret what they traded for uh, Jared Goff at this point. So if you identify Rosen, for example, as your guy, and he is my favorite overall quarterback in the draft, there's not going to be a cost that you could pay that's too high that is going to drive most Jet fans crazy or be absolutely insane. They have eight picks this year. You have to give up a couple. They have enough in free agency to build around that quarterback. Um, you know, you sacrifice your one next year, and you just, maybe you sacrifice one of your twos this year and another mid-round pick next year. But if you fix quarterback, that's all that matters. So at this point, with this team in a seven-year playoff drought, I don't think there's a price too high that they could pay. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap it up. I want to remind you guys to make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Also, subscribe to the Play Like a Jet podcast on iTunes. There will be a new episode on Friday. They also have a post-game wrap on Sundays. Um, Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter, at Jay Caparoso. Make sure to, of course, check out TurnOnTheJets.com for our year-end articles wrapping up the season, and then we'll be in off-season mode. Uh, We'll be back next week with sort of our normal format, uh, talking with Scott or talking with Dalbin and, you know, previewing the offseason and talking about some of the NFL playoff games. Really want to uh, thank everybody for listening this year, all the reviews, the ratings on iTunes. It's been really flattering to see. Another big thank you to Prime Sport and Razor Sport Club who have supported us throughout this year and helped this podcast grow. Uh, And again, one more big thanks to everybody who listens and interacts with the site online. Uh, We'll be back next year um, with a few new features, and hopefully we're going to continue to sort of clean up our formats and, you know, expand what we're doing here on the podcast. So thank you and happy new years to everybody.